0: everyone, welcome to Have Disability, Will Travel, a podcast from the Accessible Travel Forum. My name is Josh and I'm glad you're along for the ride. Join us as we journey around the world and hear about interesting destinations, discuss accessibility, and meet fascinating people enjoying all this globe has to offer. So grab your passport and let's get going. So, you're listening to the second episode. I guess this means you didn't hear the first one or forgot how bad it was. Either way, thank you for joining me. This podcast features interviews with interesting people and hearing about their accessible travels. But, well, that will start next time. While well, I promise that there is an interview recorded, I ask that you put up with a solo podcast for just a little bit longer. But this will be a fun episode because we're talking about Japan. Before starting the Accessible Travel Forum, I got into the world of accessible travel through my first project, Accessible Japan. So I want to share a bit about the country that I love, and hope that I will encourage you to visit it one day. I'm sure there are many of you listening today who have always dreamed of visiting the land of ninja, geisha, and crowded trains, but have worried that because of your disability it would not be an option. However, having lived here for over 10 years now, I can assure you that Japan can actually be a great destination to visit, no matter what your ability. It seems to me that Japan's biggest problem with being seen as an accessible travel destination is its representation in media. I'm sure that everyone has seen the popular pictures of trains in Japan. The windows are filled with people smushed against the glass. There are a hundred more people waiting on the platform to board the train. And two or three dutiful staff are pushing even more people into the overflowing doors. Who could ride that train in a wheelchair? Or maybe you've seen paths of shrines leading up a moss-covered flight of stairs in the forest, or a small restaurant with only room for two or three people and they need to stand up to eat. These images scream inaccessibility. After seeing those, it seems reasonable to assume that Japan needs to be crossed off your bucket list. Now, these images aren't fabrications. There are impossibly crowded trains at times. Some shrines are not accessible, and there are restaurants that are incredibly small. But these tend to grab the headlines and Facebook shares because they're incredible. Who would want to share a picture of an average train on Twitter? Sure, those situations exist, but I've also been on far more empty trains, visited many accessible shrines, and eaten, perhaps too frequently, at many accessible restaurants. Having lived here for ages now allows me to tell you with confidence that, yes, you too can visit Japan and have a great time. I first visited Japan with my dad back in 2000. Even then, I was able to get around by train, but it was limited. Not every station had an elevator, so sometimes we had to get off a station early and walk the rest of the way, or use a different train line. Even if there was an elevator, it was sometimes in an department store, so you could only use the station during store hours. Well, it wasn't perfect, I saw that visiting and having a great time was possible. This led me to a few other visits and moving back again permanently in 2007. Every visit impressed me with the speed that Japan was moving towards accessibility. It was a virtuous cycle. When I first visited, I barely saw any other disabled people riding the trains. But as the infrastructure improved, more and more people began to use it, and the accessible areas of the trains now are often full. I realized that even still today there wasn't much information about accessibility in Japan that was available in English. I want others to experience this great country, so I started Accessible Japan at the beginning of 2015. Accessible Japan offers information on the basics of visiting Japan with a disability, a database of hotels with accessible rooms, and reviews of popular tourist attractions. Well, it's best to visit the site or read our Tokyo guidebook, I'll give you a brief primer here. First of all, there are some things to know before you go. Let's start off with those who have mobility challenges. Lately, the biggest question I get in this area has to do with mobility scooters. Unfortunately, unlike many other countries, Japan has been slow to adopt scooters as mobility aids. They are not often available to buy here, so they are quite rare. In addition to this, the turn radius is often larger than that of a regular wheelchair, which has led a few train lines, including the bullet train or shinkansen, to ban riding them until recently. To people in Japan, the image of a scooter is like those big ones that you saw that the elderly ride around, kind of like mini cars. But now there are smaller versions that have pushed the train lines to change their policies. There are still rules, of course, but they are becoming more lax, and there are more and more stations and train lines where you can use a scooter. So if you are a scooter user, you are more than welcome to come to Japan, of course. But just I want to warn you that there may be some places where you can't use it as you would think you would be able to, and you might need to transfer out of it into a regular wheelchair while you are transferring trains. Of course, many people plan to rent a wheelchair when they arrive, or maybe they've had an accident and that's why they need to rent a chair when they get here. Or some people need to use hoists to get from their wheelchair to the bed. Now, in other countries, it's easy to rent these type of equipment, but in Japan, the medical rental system is geared towards people who are in the healthcare system. So, to use it, you need to actually go through the city. You need to be registered as a person with a disability. They introduce you to a company that can do the rental, and then the rental bills the city, etc. So, there's not a real idea of renting to foreign visitors, but uh, through the different interactions I've had over the last couple of years. I've been able to find a couple of companies that are willing to try that and so if you need help with that, please do get in contact and we can point you in the right direction. For those with hearing impairments who are reading the podcast transcript, Japan has its own sign language that is unrelated to ALS in any way. So if you're interested in learning some before visiting, there is at least one YouTube channel that teaches the basics. I can introduce to you that if you like. Almost every staff booth at train stations has a writing board as well so if you ever need help, that is the best place to go. For those with visual impairments, you may be interested to hear that the tactile blocks that are becoming common around the world now actually originated in Japan back in the 1960s. They are everywhere here, and they have two types. Blocks with long bars indicate the direction of a path, and blocks with dots signal a warning or stop. These tactile blocks can also be useful for those with mobility challenges as well, since they always follow the accessible route, and that will often lead to ramps and elevators. For those with visual impairments, when you ride the train, just go to the train staff and tell them where it is you would like to go. A staff member can guide you to the train, and then when you arrive at your destination, somebody will be waiting for you to guide you through the station. One of the downsides though, is that Japanese braille has more bumps than English braille, and is therefore illegible. Ma, even if you could read it, it would be in Japanese anyways. Bringing guide dogs to Japan is possible, but it will require working with the Japanese Guide Dog Association and can take up to a half of a year to get through all the documentation. So it's important to plan well in advance. All right, so you've got the basics. The next step is preparing to find a place to stay. If you need an accessible hotel room, this can be a bit of a challenge. Only 0.4% of the hotel rooms are wheelchair accessible. That's compared to, say, the 5% that are accessible in the UK. So the government is working on increasing that to 1% by the next couple years. Not only are the number of rooms limited, but many hotels don't list their rooms that are accessible on their English homepages. Why? Well, in Japan, when you book an accessible room, you cannot use the regular online booking system, but instead need to contact the hotel directly. The heart of the rule is to make sure that the room only goes to those who actually need it. But that adds an extra hurdle for those who are coming from overseas. Most hotels don't list their email addresses on their websites. And if you need to call, you never know if the person on the other end of the line will speak English, not to mention the cost of an overseas phone call. Well, I would love to change these policies and force hotels to list all their accessible rooms on the English versions of their websites. I can't do that. But I've done the next best thing and built a database of hotels with accessible rooms, even if the hotel chose not to put them on the English website. It is not exhaustive, but there are at least over 200 hotels in the database now, so hopefully it will be a start for you. Okay, you've got a hotel room and you're on your way to Japan. Your first stop will be, well, the airport, obviously. You will be greeted by some of the best ground staff in the world, and they will help you right from the plane to immigration, luggage collection, customs, and even likely right to the train. I do suggest getting a portable Wi-Fi router. Having one lets a few people connect to the Internet at all times, and it's great for using Google Maps or translating Japanese. Uh, For those who are interested, you can get a 10% discount from Ninja Wi-Fi if you use the link on our website. To get to your hotel, you will either take the train or a taxi. Almost all shuttle buses and limousine buses are not accessible and have steps to get up into them. Fully well, the accessible taxis require advanced booking. On the Accessible Travel Forum, a company called Willgo, Wilgo is an active member that has an accessible taxi and is incredibly kind. There are also new kinds of taxis that are called Japan Taxi, and they are mostly accessible and are becoming very common. I say mostly because the door to get in is a little bit too short for some people in power wheelchairs and it may require you to duck to get in. Also there's only room for one wheelchair user and a companion inside, so not very good for big groups. Trains leave right from the airport and are the cheapest option. It can be a little bit difficult to manage luggage on regular trains uh, because there isn't a special space for it, but you can send your suitcases right to your hotel room from the airport. Depending on when your flight arrives, it can be same day services. So it sort of frees you up to explore the city before checking in, as well as not needing to worry about dealing with trying to find your way around the new city with suitcases dragging behind you. Okay, trains. They're my favorite part of accessibility in Japan. Well, maybe second favorite. Trains here are great. Well, more so the service than actually the trains themselves. When you ride the train with a disability, you never need to worry about figuring out where the complicated train lines go. All you have to do is go to the staff at the ticket gate and tell them where you want to go. They will ask you to wait, and then a different staff member will come and guide you to the train. Once on the platform, the staff will put a portable ramp down to help you get over the gap and onto the train. They will call ahead to the station where you are getting off or transferring at, and a staff member will be waiting for you again with a the ramp. They will then guide you to your transfer or to the exit. It's probably easier to use a train with a disability than without one. Over 90% of the stations in Tokyo and Osaka are accessible. The further you go from the city, though, it is more likely you'll find inaccessible stations, but the staff will warn you before you go. The system is similar for the bullet train as well, but you must book the accessible seat in advance. It may be best to go a few days ahead of time. Between Tokyo and Kyoto Osaka, that line, there is a multipurpose private room as well as a wheelchair space available. If you are going north of Tokyo, only the wheelchair space is available for booking, and the multipurpose room is safe for people who are not feeling well during the trip. In most major city centres, local buses are wheelchair accessible. The driver will get out and put down a ramp before you get into the back door, and then he will fold up two of the seats so that you can park in the middle of the bus. As with the trains, there are fewer accessible buses when you go further out into the country. Unfortunately though, nearly all of the highway buses in Japan are not accessible. Okay, we've covered a lot now. Are you feeling hungry? Well, Tokyo has more Michelin-starred restaurants than anywhere in the world. But unfortunately, a lot of restaurants here are not accessible. They are often small and have a step at the entrance. This is a problem for me as well, and I've been here for years. The easiest thing to do is to find a department store. The top floor of department stores usually has a number of different restaurants, and more than the ones you'll find on the street, they tend to be accessible. Uh, if you are going to check on our website, we have a couple apps that we link to, uh, such as B-Maps, as well as Wheel Log. And these are apps made by Japanese companies to promote accessible mapping. And so they have a lot of restaurants and cafes and bars that are accessible. And they are all also available in English as well. So check out the website for that. I said that my favorite thing in Japan was trains, and I corrected myself. My favorite thing in Japan is the toilets. You will be happy to know that japan has hundreds and thousands of toilets available throughout the country they also have accessible toilets and then they're not just a stall at the back of the regular toilets they're a separate private room they're usually beside or between the regular bathrooms and called a multi-purpose toilet you can find them in big stores train stations public buildings and even in parks they're all clean and easy to use in a wheelchair the only downside is that there are no set standard of how it should be laid out So some are easier to use than others, where maybe they'll have lots of handrails, but not enough space to move around or they won't have a backrest, some of that. So there's some variation, but it's impossible to not find a bathroom here. All right, finally, it's time to see the sights. And there are a lot of things to see in Japan. I can't explain all of them here, but uh, I have a large number of reviews on the site that I recommend you check out. Uh, For Tokyo, I highly recommend uh, you see Sensoji Temple as well as Meiji Shrine. They both have done a great job of adding ramps and elevators in a style that fits with the aesthetic of the site, so it doesn't ruin the feeling, but it's also completely accessible to those who have disabilities. Well, I think that wraps it up for being a primer of enjoying Japan. But of course, I invite you to visit the site and browse around. You can find us at www.accessible-japan.com. That's www.accessible-japan.com or you can just Google search for Accessible Japan and probably at the top of the list. We're also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as Accessible Japan. Please like and follow us. If you have any questions, feel free to ask us in the Japan discussion on the Accessible Travel Forum and we will answer ASAP. There are also a number of other people who are sort of pros uh, like the Will Go I mentioned before, as well as some other volunteers who are good at uh, finding answers quickly for you. So please come and chat with us there. And after that, well, we're looking forward to seeing you in Japan. Well, thank you for listening to a Josh monologue for two episodes in a row. But don't worry, we have our first interview recorded, and you can enjoy hearing someone else do most of the talking next time. Please join us on Accessible Travel Forum, www.accessibletravelforum.com ask questions, and please share your knowledge. The more users we have, the more useful the site will become. You can also follow us on Twitter at AccessibleTF. That's at AccessibleTF. Please do subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. Also, if you have suggestions for people who we can interview, and that can include yourself if you find yourself interesting and think that you should be interviewed, uh, please contact us at podcast at that's podcast at accessibletravelform.com. Keep on enjoying your travels, and hopefully we'll bump into each other somewhere along the way. Until next time, I'm Josh, and this is Have Disability, Will Travel.